Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. You are in the gymnasium with Jim Barron as we talk about all things sports, especially the Tampa teams. The Rays trying to hang tough against the Rangers this weekend in the wild card push, and the Bucks trying to stay perfect in this season. The number here is 877-448-7901. Sports at Power901.com is the email. We'll be right back to start the show on Power90.1. Formaggio. Pizzeria, your favorite neighborhood pizzeria, serving up the best hand-tossed New York-style pizza and absolutely unbeaten Philly cheesesteak outside of New York or Philly. Let Formaggio's take care of dinner tonight with convenient online ordering at formaggio's.com or call their friendly staff at 813-689-1744. That's 813-689-1744. Formaggio's is family-owned and operated. Located at 4356 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Tell them Power 90.1 sent you and get 10% off your carryout order. Check out the full menu at formagios.com. F-O-R-M-A-G-G-I-O-S.com. Formagios Pizzeria. It's what's cooking for dinner. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Bucks fans, if you don't win the first one, you can't win them all, right? Isn't that what they say? Well, we took care of that. The Bucks win the first game 19-3 last week. Sunday night up in Dallas. Defense. Who was who was more important for the Bucks last weekend? Was it the offense or the defense? Tell you what, I'm going to go with the defense on that one. I think that you know Devin White and Winfield there with an the interception. I thought the defense, the line played awesome. They pretty much shut Dallas down. I guess the question is: Is our defense that good, or is Dallas's offense that bad? I know that. Prescott got hurt, broken thumb, going to be out for, I don't know, probably at least a month, they're saying. He did have some surgery, but I guess it's not as bad as they were saying. Overall, though, the Bucks come away with the victory on the offensive side of things. Leonard Fournette was the MVP of the game, in my opinion. He had 127 rushing yards. And that's going to be the difference with the Bucks this year than what we have seen in the past. In the past, Brady goes out there and throws 40, 45 times maybe, come away with a 35 to 10 victory, and that's the way it went the last uh, couple years. But this year, I think you're going to see a more balanced attack. And when I say more balanced, I'm saying that the Bucks are going to probably try to run the ball, run the ball, and then run the ball some more. So whether it's any of the running backs, Fournette, or, or take your pick on whomever you want, whether they're out there grounding up yards, that's the way it's going to be. And then when the team starts cheating up on the run, that's when Brady's going to pick apart the defense going deeper to whether it be Evans or Julio Jones or whoever it may be going across the middle. So I think that if you look at what we did last week, Brady, as usual, able to spread the ball around. Uh, Jones had, I think, three or four receptions. Godwin, before he got hurt, had the same. Russell Gage, Fournette caught some out of the backfield. Rashad White did. So Brady, like he always does, gets everybody involved in the game. You never know when it's coming to you. Brate had a couple passes. I think that the tight end needs to really be more of a factor in upcoming games 
this season for the Bucks. But saying that, the one thing we do have to report that wasn't such good news was Godwin getting hurt with a hamstring injury. Uh, as you know, he came back from a torn ACL and an MCL against the uh, Saints last year. So he's finally coming back, goes out there and tweaks his hammy. So it's going to be a couple games. We won't see him play tomorrow. I don't think you're going to see um, Donovan play either there on the line. So we're going to have to win with a couple players being down. That's just the way the NFL is. Every team either has it or they will have it as the season progresses. I think that if you look right now, on Monday morning after the game, Brady was saying, you know, woke up, banged up a little bit, my arm, this, that, the other thing. And yeah, that's what happens. Uh, 45 years old, it's going to take you maybe a little bit longer to recover. We already talked about Godwin. Uh, who's out with the hamstring. Fournette also has a hamstring. So, uh, you know, he's questionable for the game right now. We're going to have to wait to see what happens come tomorrow. Uh, Also, you have Evans questionable with a calf. Uh, I didn't see that one happen in the game last week, but obviously it is something that we have to keep an eye on. Russell Gage questionable with another hamstring. Uh, Julio Jones, who I thought played very well, uh, better than I thought he was going to play, actually. He has a, uh injury. He was limited at practice. His knee, he banged his knee during the game. And Perryman as well. Bashad Perryman also has a knee, and he's questionable for the game tomorrow. So the uh, injury list for the Bucks looks like a all-pro game or something like that. Anyway, we're going to have to fight our way through it, and we're playing the Saints tomorrow up there in New Orleans, as you know. They give us fits, whether it's up there or down here during the regular season. I don't believe we've won a uh, regular season game against them since 2017. Is it mental with us against them? You know what? I, I don't think it's mental. I think that the Saints typically have a very good team. They're very physical. They're a winning organization, if you will. And they pretty much go out there and they know how to how to win and how to play. They're not afraid of playing against Brady or playing against the Bucks. But that's why we're changing up the offense. In the past, the Saints have blitzed Brady, I think, between 15 and 20 percent of the time on defense. So is that going to change from them? Probably not. So what we're going to do is we're not going to drop Brady back as much. We're going to keep on handing the ball off, and we're going to change our game plan a little bit. I think with Todd Bowles there, he's not going to be able to give the Saints, whose offense will probably be run by Jameis Winston. Uh, We'll see. He's missed practice most of this week as well. Uh, he, He got banged up in you know, as for as much as they're a very physical team, so are we. And I don't think the teams are excited about playing against the defense that we have right now. We have a lot of new players, obviously, and I think the Saints were lucky to win their game last week. They, um, you know, at times Winston looks like a you know high school player. Other times he comes out there and plays the way he's able to and can light the scoreboard up. So I think that the key is going to be our defense, again, are we going to put pressure on Winston? Um, I, I think Kamara, I'm not sure if he's going to even be able to play. But I think that if you look at what Evans has done against the Saints or what he hasn't done, Latimer is the matchup with him. And that's a matchup that 
for some reason, Evans has some issues with having big games against Lattimore. And I think that's going to change, actually. I think that uh, when the time is right, Evans is going to be able to get behind him and Brady will find him and take advantage of the situation. So, like I said, I think we're going to be able to go out there, change up the game plan, run the ball more. I think we want to do a 65 to 35 run-to-pass ratio. And I think if you do that, we're going to be able to go out there. It won't be maybe as high of a scoring game as you would like to see as a fan. Last week, 19-3 to against Dallas. Now, Dallas has a decent defense. Uh, I thought that their offense would put up a couple more points, not many, because they didn't have that many weapons to begin with. But I do think that the Saints do have more weapons than Dallas did last week. So it's going to come down to how well our defense is able to play. Brady out there last week looked to me as a player that, you know, maybe didn't have to go out there and light the stat board up with everything because he knew that the defense was there and that we were going to win the game. He had total confidence in the defense, not allowing Dallas to go out there and and put up more points than uh, they needed to beat us. So your thoughts on what you think the Bucks need to do to win tomorrow. I broke it down what I thought they're going to do. The injuries are going to play a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. We won't know till before the game, about 90 minutes, I suppose, who is going to be playing, who's questionable, who's out, um, and who's not going to be playing. Maybe someone goes to the IR. I'm not sure. It's going to be uh, a wait-and-see game, and that's on both sides of the ball, both sides of the both teams all season long across the board. So anyway, we'll be right back to keep the show going. 877-448-7901. You're listening to the Jimmy B Show in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at thepropertyshopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Football fans, the week already started with a good game on Thursday night. You had the Chiefs playing the Chargers. 27-24 was the final game, the final score. Mahomes and the uh, Chiefs were able to pull that one out. I didn't think Mahomes played very well. He made a couple great passes, but I think that he wasn't one of his finer games. They still managed to win. That's the thing that you have to look out for in the NFL. When your top players don't have their best game, but yet you still go out and find a way to win that's what makes a season in my opinion after the game is over you look at why you won and conversely why you lost if I look at that game I say the Chiefs won because of Mahomes now Justin Herbert on the other side who by the way is, is banged up he has uh, some issues with his ribs right now after getting hit a couple times gonna have to keep an eye on him and his progression to be able to uh, maybe heal and 
flak jacket possibly to protect those ribs. We'll see what happens, but that's going to be an issue that the Chargers don't want to talk about. But I think that if you look at um, last week with what, what the first game that we had this week, it's going to be another interesting week of football. You're going to see some upsets, maybe another tie like last week. One of the games that's interesting is the Dolphins and the Ravens tomorrow at 1 o'clock. That's going to be played in Baltimore. And I think that they're saying that the Ravens are going to be in for a tough game with the Dolphins coming up there and the, the pressure defense on Lamar Jackson. What's going to happen when he sees all those D-back blitzes from the Dolphins? I'm going to turn that one around. I'm going to say, what are the Dolphins going to see when you have Lamar Jackson running down your throat? I think that uh, it's going to be the other way around in that one. I'm going to think I'm going to go with the with Baltimore in that one. The other game at, the, at 1 o'clock that I think is fairly interesting is the Steelers. Steelers hosting the Patriots. Patriots got beat last week. Steelers won last week, even though uh, Steelers definitely lost Watt with an injury, at least at least short term. Not quite sure what the pec tear is going to uh, keep him out, how many games it will. But nonetheless, uh, you have Mitch Trubisky taking over the helm for retired Roethlisberger for Pittsburgh. He played well last week, his counterpart for New England, Matt Jones. I don't know if he, um, I think he got injured a little bit, to be honest, in the game, and he missed a couple days of practice this week. Again, it's only the first week of the season, and the injury bug is rearing its ugly head for so many players throughout the league. But nonetheless, I think that it's going to be a good game, and the Steelers tend to have Pittsburgh's number. Uh, that might change. I think that at home, Pittsburgh, if they're going to beat the Patriots, it might be this year. I look for the Patriots to just run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more. Uh, we already talked about the Bucks and the Saints tomorrow at, at 1 o'clock. The other game that uh, the Giants is hosting the Panthers. If you remember last week, the Giants held on. Barkley Great to see him come back. He had a super game last week. He'll be going against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey. And I think that if um, McCaffrey, you got to get him the ball. You got to find him in the flat, get him involved because I think he's the person that that team is going to go as he goes. Not the receivers, not Baker Mayfield, but as Christian McCaffrey goes, I would work him and keep on giving him the ball, whether it's in some type of uh, wildcat situation, possibly get him out of the backfield, catching some passes in the wing, but definitely get him involved. The Giants, I think, um, are, don't have enough to beat the Panthers Tomorrow in the game, I look for Carolina to win that one. The Colts, one of the teams that had a tie last week, will be at Jacksonville. I think that uh, I look for Indy to rebound in that one against Jacksonville. Taylor, no, for Indy, I look for him to have a big game as well and uh, pad his stats a little bit. Uh, a couple other games, not going to go through all of them, but there are some other games that I think are worth talking about. You have the um, Falcons at the Rams. Now, why is that important? Well, they're both coming off week one losses. So the Rams are trying to be the fifth defending Super Bowl team to start the season 0-2. And the Falcons, well, they're the Falcons. They have to find a way to close some games out. They played well last week, should have actually won their game 
but in, in typical Falcons fashion, they found a way to um, snatch a defeat from the jaws of victory. So hopefully Mariota's going out there, and I think he had 70 rushing yards or something like that in the first game. We'll see how he does. But I look for that game to be uh, in the Rams' favor when it's all said and done. I look for another game that is interesting to me is going to be the Cardinals and Raiders. There's two more teams that both lost in the home in the openers last week, but I think that you know you got receiver Marquise Brown for the Cardinals. Um, you know, defensive end Chandler Jones. I think he's ready to face his old team there in that debut. So I look for this one to be pretty interesting. I think that Carr is going to have a good game for the Raiders, and I think the Raiders put Arizona at 0-2. Another intriguing game is Cincinnati and the Cowboys. Both teams lost last week. I was surprised at how poorly Cincinnati looked on the field. Not, Not the scoreboard, But just overall, they made some mistakes in some critical situations. I don't think that uh, Burrow, their quarterback, he had had five turnovers in week one, four interceptions and a fumble. And he's facing a a defense that actually led the – league and takeaways last year, which is the Cowboys. Now, we know how the Cowboys looked last week on offense. I don't see that getting much better against a team that just lost their starting quarterback. So, I I think that the Cowboys are going to actually win that game and put Cincy at 0-2, which will be interesting to see how they uh, react from there. And then um, we do have the Bears and the Packers playing tomorrow night. When those two teams play each other, you know, whether you have Aaron Rodgers or not, that black and blue division in the in the central, it can go either way. Packers, much more talented, I believe, than Chicago. However, you never know until you play the game. I don't see Rodgers and the Packers losing the first two games of the season, so I'm going to go with them. Um, and then you have some games on... Um, Monday night, you have the Vikings at Philly. Now, when you talk about the Vikings at Philly, Vikings had a great first week of the season. Uh, you got Dalvin Cook out there. I think that, you know, Justin Jefferson, great receiver for them. They're feeling Cousins really uh, knows who to get the ball to, whether it's Thielen or Jefferson or even Osborne there. They're playing against the team, the Eagles, who actually won last week against Detroit. They started off great and actually held off Detroit at the end of the game. Jalen Hurts, someone who we've talked about a lot, had a good game. It's going to be more difficult for him this week, obviously, playing against a much better defense than he saw last week. Question still remains is, he able to go out there and lead Philly to victory with his arm and just not relying on his legs. Well, he's going to have a chance to go out there and show that on Monday night in his typical fashion on um, Monday night football for the first week of the season. Typically, you have two games. And uh, the other game is Tennessee at Buffalo. That's the first game at 7-15, I believe. Buffalo won the first game to start this season 1-0 with the victory over the Rams. Titans lost the first one uh, at Buffalo. I see Buffalo winning that game. Would love to hear your thoughts. Did your team win last week? If so, how did they win? 
you know, you look at why they won, and if they didn't win, why did they lose? What happened? Did they not show up in key situations? Did, were there turnovers that showed up when you didn't want them to? Did one of your star players not have the best game? Whatever it was, there's always reasons, and you have to look at why that was and then try to either adjust it or keep it going in that same direction. Number here is 877-448-7901. Be right back to talk some Rays and maybe some college football. Tired of trying to catch the big red bus? One Blood has comfortable and convenient donation centers all around the Tampa Bay area, like in Plant City at 2909 James L. Redmond Parkway, Suite Number 6. Not only are you helping others by donating blood or plasma, you can earn free gifts for your donation, like gift cards and T-shirts. Restrictions apply. Call Donation Center for current offer details. Make a difference. Call and make your appointment today. In the Plant City area, call 813-752-7638. That's 813-752-7638. Now, now. back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Before we talk some baseball and the Rays, I just want to say, found out this week that Roger Federer is retiring from the sport of tennis, which he dominated. Federer has always been one of my favorite athletes in any sport for a lot of reasons. One is that he's able to go out there and quietly do his job, which is obviously winning tennis matches in a way that he gets more compliments from his opponents than anyone else ever did in that sport because of his grace, because of his sportsmanship. He's very, uh, whether he's winning a match or losing a match, he's very gracious. He's not a, um, a hot dogger by any chance or a grandstander. He's 41 years old, playing for 24 years. Some of his numbers that he had, 20 Grand Slam titles, third most of all time. He had five consecutive U.S. Open titles between 2004, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Eight men's singles Wimbledon titles, just the most ever. 1,251 career wins in single matches, just the second all time. Uh, it goes on and on. I mean, he's someone that, like I said, in comparison to a retirement, maybe like Serena Williams, who makes it about her and everything she does, going out there and playing the U.S. Open and all the pomp and circumstance. Federer just puts on Twitter that he's retiring and, you know, that he's thankful for all the comp competitors that pushed him over the years and he just wanted to um, have a proper goodbye and say that's it and you know, like I said, he's someone that to me exemplifies what a true athlete is all about. You never read about him on any type of scandals or whatnot off the court. He was always someone that pretty much just went out there, did his job, did his job very well, better than almost anyone else that ever played the game. One of my favorite athletes. So congratulations on a job well done, Roger, and enjoy retirement. It's game, set, and match, in my opinion. Moving on to the Rays. The Rays hosting the Rangers this weekend. Let's look at what the Rays have done. The last 10 games, 
Uh, they're five and five. Tough week against the Blue Jays. We went up there to Canada. We you know we played well in some games, not so well in some of the other games up there. Able to uh, pretty much you know, hold our own, I suppose, if you want. Come back and we're going into the weekend. Seven games behind the Yankees in the American League East, and a half a game behind Toronto in that same division but the important thing is the wild card I truly don't believe with about you know, 20 games left that we're going to be able to catch the Yankees but I do think that with the wild card the way it's set up right now it's very important that we maintain our winning ways because there's only a half a game difference if you look between Seattle Toronto and us. Uh, no, we're 80 and 63 going into the weekend. Toronto is 81 and 63, and Seattle is 80 and 62. So uh, the next team after that is Baltimore, which is four and a half games out. Now, I don't think that Baltimore is going to catch any of the three, uh, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. It's more important that we just take care of business with the game ahead of us. And if you look at the last game uh, that we played against Toronto, Shane McClanahan came back, pitched five innings, pitched very well. It was great to see Sugar Shane back there on the bump. And I think that um, if it's a sign of things to come, if we can get Glass now back and you have those two, you have Kluber, I, I think in, in Rasmussen, the way he's been pitching, that's a pretty formidable starting lineup, something that we haven't had. And I would love to be able to see that uh, with Cash you know, setting the starting rotation. Talking about starting, not rotations, but starting lineups, something that has never happened before occurred on uh, Thursday when we played Toronto up there. The Rays had the first ever Spanish-Latino lineup, and they had the nine players out there, and two of them, Diaz and um, Rosarina, of course, are from Cuba, Franco, Marco, and Siri from the Dominican Republic, Ramirez from Colombia, Peralta, Peralta Pinto, uh, they're from Venezuela, and then you had Paredes from Mexico. So you had nine people out there, uh, from all from you know, Latin America, and coincidentally, it's the start of Latin month, and Roberto Clemente uh, was being honored last yesterday in the game so I, I think that if you um, look at that I think that's pretty interesting that it's never been done before but here's something that I found a little bit more interesting about that whole thing listening to Cash talk after the game now we won the game 11-0 I think that we, we, no, everyone had a great game when you win 11-0 uh, you're looking for the mercy rule to be put in, fit, in effect if you're the other team. But talking to Cash, listening to him after the game, when they mentioned you know, how good McClanahan looked, first of all, the team firing on all cylinders, and that game is good to see, especially down the home stretch. And then they mentioned that quite an accomplishment there with the lineup being the first team that we talked about having all the Latin players in there. What he said was that he didn't... He, he, he was told that halfway through the game. He didn't even know that. Now, let me ask you something. Doesn't the manager make the lineup? 
how do you make the lineup and, and not know that? Was that a coincidence that it was done on you know, the day that was being celebrated for Roberto Clemente? Everyone wore number 21 in his honor. Does the front office have a say in the lineups, maybe? I'm just throwing that out there because if I'm a manager and I make that lineup, I pretty much know what I'm doing. For them to, it wasn't a coincidence that they're all Latin players starting in that game on Thursday. I don't care what anyone says. It wasn't a coincidence. So whoever set the lineup knew what they were doing in that facet of setting up. So I'm thinking that maybe the, the front office has a little more say in the lineups that are being put out there every day than we know. I'm always, uh, you know, saying Cash didn't do this or didn't do that sometimes when really maybe he doesn't have all the control that I'm thinking that he does. Go to JimmyBSports.com. Let me know your comments on that because that's something that I found a little bit strange when I heard that. So nonetheless, right now with the Rays, we have the opportunity. We have no destiny in our own hands and that's what you want as a, as a team in any sport. You want to be able to take care of business yourself and if you win the games that you're supposed to, you'll get to the next step, which is the playoffs. If not, then you won't. You'll, you'll be you know, out looking in. I think we have a chance. Everyone's now, we have the toughest schedule of anyone in the in the playoff hunt the rest of the year and I, I heard all those things too, but the team that we put out there, the lineups that we put out there, the skill level that we have you look at a lineup there isn't anyone else in the league that I don't think wants to play us whether it be a best of three series a best of five or anything else speaking of of series best of three it's important that the Rays obviously get in as a wild card if they're not going to win the division now do you want to be the the fourth fifth or sixth team you know, one of the three wild card teams. At this point, you know, I was saying that I think it mattered to stay as a first wild card because then you would have home field uh, against the number f- uh, five team for the the best of three. All the games are in one location; they're not traveling like previous years. Even if the Rays finish in the third spot right now, they would play the division winner of the lowest ranked team of the other three, which would looks right now um, like it would be, uh, uh, trying to think who it would be, wouldn't be, I'll think of it here in a second, but they would play that team, obviously it wouldn't be a home uh, game anyway, it's Cleveland. So they would be playing Cleveland, in Cleveland for the best of three games. Would you rather them play Cleveland In a best-of-three scenario, would you rather see them play Toronto or Seattle? Uh, That's a question I'm going to throw out there as well. Like I said, uh, coming down to the last couple weeks of the season, so I think it's important that we keep uh, the injuries intact and keep looking at who we um, might want to play. I mean, is it possible to... Uh, game come down to whether we're first or second, as tight as everything is, absolutely. So those decisions come into play at some point. Don't don't kid yourself and say that they don't think about those things because they do. So anyway, 
the bottom line is we just need to go out there and keep on winning games and getting ready, get the mentality to be ready for the playoffs. 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, Call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-741-5819. 800-741-5819. That's 800-741-5819. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. College football fans, welcome back to another great week of college football. Last week we saw a couple great overtime games. This week, a couple games to keep an eye on, in my opinion. You have uh, Penn State playing Auburn. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a closer game than some people think. Penn State is, I believe, 20, uh, 22nd in this week's poll. Coming off of two wins, they're going to have their hands full in Auburn. Um, I look for, actually, Auburn to win that game. You have Oregon and BYU, which is, I think, going to be a good game as well. You have Texas A&M, after getting beat, will be playing Miami. That's a night game, I believe. Uh, A&M's favorite, they're starting a different quarterback. I look for Miami to, to be tough and probably win that one. Uh, so another great day of college football. I think that if you look at the standings, the overall right now, the top 25, you have three teams up there, which uh, probably two out of the three can be interchangeable. One poll has Georgia as number one. The other one has Alabama as number one. Either one of those two teams, you could say, are deserving of, of the number one rank. And then Ohio State is going to be third after those two. And then it's everyone else, quite honestly, whether you want to go Michigan or Clemson, Oklahoma, USC, Michigan State, Kentucky's a very good team. Uh, Right around 10. Arkansas is there as well, 10 or 11. Uh, Miami that we talked about, they're uh, 13th in both polls. The Gators dropped last week after that loss. They're on number 18 right now. In the AP top 25. So I think that, you know, with, with another win, uh, they're going to win today, obviously, but then uh, they can move back up in the standings. So this, it's too early. It's only been two weeks now, uh, coming in the third week for college football. It's always interesting to talk about that as we get a little bit later on in the season. 
Uh, how's your team doing? Uh, JimmyBSports.com. Let me know how we're doing after the first couple weeks. If your team is moving up or moving down, you're always trending in one position. You never stay in the same. So let me know what you think. Guys, that's all the time we have. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, more and more people join it each week, which is great to see. Thank you. Hope everyone has a safe and, and happy weekend. Watch some football. Watch the Rays. Cheer them on. The last couple weeks here, we need all the fans we can get at this point as always stay vigilant stay safe and above all stay positive we'll talk to you next weekend in the gymnasium thanks for listening